We're going to talk about um, the core again, this idea of a core to the church, and we want to talk to you again about appointments that we're making. First five is an idea we want to share with you um, about how we can spend the first five minutes after our gathering. I want to talk to you about our finances, where they are, and what our plans are looking forward from here. Uh, Then we want to talk about building deeper relationships as one of the areas we're conscious of there being a uh, significant gap. Uh, Update you on where we are thinking about mission and what the opportunities are and make some time for Q&A. Peter is on the way. Hope you're hungry because I'm sure I saw more hands up than this. So there's going to be like 900 slices of pizza each. But I don't think that'll be problematic. The kids will eat lots of pizza. That's true. And we'll see what we can do. Um, Pigeonhole is open. If you use the code HOPECITYHUB... Um, then you can put questions in. And this is a great place to ask anything you want to ask about the church. Um, This is a great place for us to talk about it. Some things are not a great discussion for Sunday morning gatherings in the public eye and hopefully with people who are exploring Jesus there. This is a great place to talk about anything at all you want to raise. So there's no uh, off-target questions. We probably won't be able to take everything um, because you probably want to go home at some point this afternoon as well, and so do we, but we'll try and take on um, as many of those questions as we can together. So I'm going to hand over to um, Dave, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about the core and uh, about appointments. Okay, um, if you've been to one of our previous church hubs, you'll be aware that we've been encouraging those who would like to become more deeply involved with Hope City to fill in a form. Um, You might remember that Matt explained that we wanted to make it as easy as possible for someone who's new to Hope City to get involved. There's plenty of things to be done, but for those who wanted to join the core of the church, then we needed to set that bar a bit higher. And so the form was to allow us as elders to find out a bit more about you, how you came to be a follower of Jesus, um, but also to allow you to find out a bit more about us, about our theological positions and our values, and to outline some expectations of what it means to be part of the Hope City Core. Thanks to everyone who's already filled in the form, and our apologies if we haven't got round to interviewing you yet. Uh, it's taking a while to get through everybody, and Sundays are always pretty busy, as you will have seen this morning. Um, we want to pretty soon to recognise all those who have completed the form and been interviewed. To be honest, as elders, we haven't set a date for that yet, but we will, and we'll let you know as soon as we can. <laughs> Now, last time, Matt mentioned that Luke had been taking part in our elders' meetings for a while. And uh, you'll be glad to hear we haven't scared him off, uh, although his beard has become a little bit grayer in the last six months. Um, So we would like to formally recommend Luke as an additional elder. However, this is an important appointment, and so we will be having a formal vote at our next church hub. So, here's a gentle nudge for those of you who haven't yet filled in your form. Um, Do it soon, or you won't be able to vote. We've had some very helpful feedback about the original application form that we sent out, and so we've modified some parts of the form to make things clearer. If you've already applied, you don't need to do anything. Your original application form is fine. But if you've given us some feedback on the original form, and so maybe haven't filled it in yet, have a look at the new version um, I was just wondering, you know, can we send this link, the link to the new version, out? Brilliant. Be good to send that out. I think that's all from me. Any questions about that? Good. When's the next church hub? Good question, Ian. January. January. <laughs> to be decided. <laughs>
Thank you, thank you. Right, now if you were here last evening, Sunday evening, I was leading music, uh, and I started by saying our gatherings here are meant to be like a taste of heaven. That was the phrase I used, it's supposed to be a taste of heaven. We gather uh, as a church together under Christ's name and under his rule to energize, equip, encourage, remind, exhort, build up, love, care for one another in order then to be scattered back out through the week and to be about his mission, right? So we gather together, build one another up, scatter out, do the mission. Gather together, build up, scatter out, do the mission. And one day we look forward to the day when we will gather and then no longer be scattered. We gather around his throne forever. We don't need to be scattered. The mission's done. And we gather and we just, we do church the whole time. It's like an eternal church awesomeness, uh, which might terrify you, but it's supposed to be awesome. Uh, And so we look forward to that. It'll be like when church is perfect, it'll be like that all the time. Uh, And so that's what we're looking forward to. And, And when we gather, we'll gather from all corners of the globe, all the nations, one great gathering around the throne never to scatter and so when we're here now on earth as we are now there is work to be done each week we have all this one anothering to be done these things these are all the things that we have to do the bible says we have to love one another encourage have compassion and the the frequency with which they appear is the size of the circle you'll understand that but most of that stuff is done both before and after the gathering right we don't tend to do that when we're sitting next to each other silently listening to Caleb or Matt or whatever else whoever's doing the talk and so really there is no such thing as the end of a gathering right whenever we are together doing, loving one another, encouraging one another, having compassion on one another. I saw some ladies praying for one another before we got into church this morning. That's not something that we do and then we do church. That's doing church right there. When we gather together and when we're doing all these things, we're doing church. This is being church together, gathering together. Uh, And so there's no such thing as the end of gathering until you leave the building. That's when you kind of end the gathering. Um, uh, uh, So we've we've got to do that. We need a better word for when we finish the bit when we're all sitting down talking and singing and stuff. We need another word to describe that section. But it's all one gathering, right? It's all one gathering. This is still part of the gathering. Uh, now, it's easier at the, at the end of that bit when we do the singing and all that stuff, it's easier just to chat to our friends, right? I know we've got all this one anothering to do, but actually it's easier just to get a coffee, play on your phone. If you're me, pack up your instrument. That's a good one. I can like, look like I'm busy without having to talk to people. Uh, and you know, that is, it's harder to do these things, right? We'd rather just do our own thing. But we want to do these things and we need to be encouraged to do these things until it becomes a habit. Because this is how the work of the church is done. This is how we build one another up. This is how we are on mission more effectively. Uh, and, and now another strand of that is our kids. One of our key values here is this participation. We want the kids to be a part of the church and a part of what we do here. This is their church. And so they sing, they play instruments, they do the slides, they're involved in all sorts of things. And that's great. Now, if Sundays are like a family gathering, then why at the end of the gathering do we just kind of shove the kids away and say, adults are talking, right? And, and exclude them from that end part when we're supposed to be doing all this. This is what's supposed to be happening. Why do we not include the kids in that? And, and we do want to. We want to find ways to in, include them. Uh, you might have heard that phrase, um, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, no, it takes a church to raise a child, right? I need your help as a parent. I can't raise my children on my own with Becky. We need your input and your wisdom to love and care and encourage and cherish them just as we do. So we all need to work together to um, improve and grow our children. Uh, so we need to find ways to involve them as well. Now, we understand that they have different capacities, right? So uh, I, now I understand 
understand that kids have less capacity, my kids have less capacity for, for doing these things than I do at the end of a gathering. So we can chat for an hour together, loving one another, building one another up, and so on, but kids aren't able to do that. And we understand that if we, if we want to try and get kids to do this, that means the adults who are helping trying to get the kids doing this are not going to be so involved in the one anothering, just as the people who are looking after the children now are not involved in this part of the gathering. Uh, And so we want to balance those things, but we do acknowledge those two things can't occur equally. The more you include the kids in these things, the harder it is for us as adults to do it. But we think it's important to try and find a balance, and we aspire to make it possible for kids to be involved at their level. And so bringing all those strands together, that by way of introduction, I want to introduce to you... First five, okay, a new graphic to follow. First five, we want to issue a gentle challenge to everyone after the city downy, pre-speaky, singy part. We want to issue a gentle challenge to be involved in this one anothering that I put up a minute ago. Things like speak to someone you've never spoken to. We're going to issue you a challenge and say for the first five minutes after the gathering, here's your first five challenge. Speak to someone you've never spoken to before. That's your challenge. Just one thing to do, one week. We're going to go through one a week. So here's some examples. Ask someone how you can pray for them. Ask someone one thing they'll take away from the talk. Talk to someone significantly older or younger than you. Ask someone for a story from their childhood. Ask someone how they came to know Jesus or tell them how you did. Where you Ask someone where they are seeing God at work or how you are. Ask someone if they've had a chance to bless somebody recently. Make sure you learn the acronym. Um, so we want everybody to be doing this until it becomes natural. So we're going to give you one of these things each week after the gathering and see for the first five minutes, try and do that with a person sitting next to you, with a person standing next to you at the coffee, with whoever you're, you're next to, wherever you are. Try and do that for five minutes. Uh, and if you can do it for longer than five, then great. Now, parents, you have to work with your children on this. It's not going to be easy. They're not going to do this without significant input from you uh, and so you'll need to help them if they need if they need it you'll need to go with them to do it with them if they'll need it and you'll just need to encourage them even if they are of age if you don't have kids then get involved in this make a beeline to help the kids be involved in this make sure you target a kid and be like right well what's god been doing in your life this week make it natural for them to be involved in the gathering that's your challenge whether you have kids or not um, uh, target people who are new people you've never spoken to before engage them in conversation here we have to be careful not to make this thing a, like it's not like a guilt trip if you don't do it you're not doing the right thing whatever it is going to feel weird at first i acknowledge that we're all going to be a bit awkward with it but it will get better the more we do it just like the discussions at the end of the sermon at first we were all a bit like oh this is a bit weird we're not used to doing this we like to just sit quietly and do our own thing but now we're getting used to it and actually we find it quite natural it doesn't feel weird at all to do it and given time this will feel quite natural. After the gathering, we do ministry. We do work with one another. We love, we encourage, we build up, we cherish, whatever we do with one another. Uh, and we hope it will carry on for longer than five minutes. We could, uh, we'll extend it to 10 if we're doing so well. But it's better to win at five than fail at 50 or whatever. So we're saying, let's go for five, shoot for five, and then you can talk about whatever you like, talk about the weather. So um, any, uh, we've got a wee slide for Q&A there. Any questions on this or any feedback on this or any unintended consequences? What have we not thought of, Joe? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, we can encourage them to do that with their friends. It doesn't always have to be adult to child and things like that. So these things will apply to them as well. So we want to encourage them in all those different directions. But sometimes some of them will be trying to stimulate the intergenerational, which is important. We were at choir the other week, and like the thing that the corner was there, and the thing that he loved more than anything was being there with folk like adults and being a part of it. It was wonderful for him. He's tone deaf, sadly, but he'll um, it, come. He'll get around. He'll get there. But it was wonderful to be there. Uh, Susan, sorry. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a risk, but... Yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. Let's note that as a thing to be careful of. Again, we're shooting for five minutes here. We're not saying the entirety of the time after the gathering. We're saying the first five minutes. So you can do it while you're sitting down, before you go to get a coffee, just encouraging your kids and parents, trying to find a way of doing that. Ultimately, parents have the responsibility for their children, and it's my responsibility to try and get my kids to do this and not to be spilling coffee wherever they are. But I need your help. But we'll see how it goes we'll shoot for five if we only get two we'll get two but that is one to definitely be careful of anything else we haven't thought of anything else we should be careful of lids good point lids yeah how else how else will you do that big list of things go back to that Matt if you don't mind I know some of us will find this easier than others. I grant that. But ultimately, your Lord Christ says you have to do these things. You have to be bearing with, greeting, being humble, greeting each other with a holy kiss, whether you like it or not, right? These are the things that we have to do. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm misusing that one. But how else are you going to do these things if you don't talk to people? This is why you're at church. You need other Christians around you. You need other Christians in your life. You cannot maintain a Christian life and not be at church and not have people in and amongst your life. I know it's hard. Some are going to find it harder than others, particularly folk from Scotland. Let's take it gently. Let's bear with one another. Bear with those who find it uncomfortable. Don't put people on the spot. Be gentle, be caring, and let's see how we get on. Again, if you're dying, like, move back. Last one. Leah? That's what we're going to have. So those questions, I, that's question, those questions I ran up, we're going to have one of them on the screen for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, hope, yeah, final one, last one, absolute last one. good one yeah 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 that's good that's good yeah maybe a couple and yeah that'd be right yeah do either of these things try your best don't worry about it it's not it's not a thing you have to absolutely do we're not going to check up there's pizza so um <laughs> go grab some pizza and uh, once once a, a subset of people have pizza i'll start talking about finance and plans while you munch okay <laughs>
Well, while you eat pizza, I am going to talk money、um, because. So if you can get get yourself a slice or two and keep going to and from the pizza parlor and restocking, I don't mind at all. Keep moving around, but what you can't do is chat, unfortunately. Until later, we'll give you proper chatting time. <laughs> Some people love numbers. Who loves numbers? Number lovers. Oh, we have quite a lot of number lovers. Some people hate numbers. Who hates numbers? Sorry, people who hate numbers. But you know what? Our mission is not about money. Our mission is not about numbers. Our mission is people. That's what we really care about, and、uh, we want to spread the good news of Jesus as effectively as we can. We want as many people as possible to hear about what He's done. We want our neighbors. We want our partners.、Uh, we want our children, our families, our colleagues, our school friends to come to know Him. We want those we love and care about to be a part of His kingdom, and、um, that's. That's our goal here. So keep that goal in mind as we talk about these numbers. Everything that we're talking about here is intended to serve that goal of seeing people reached. It's very nice classical music drifting through the wall. That's very classy. Whoever's classical like that, not me.、Um, I'm not going to talk about the costs of fitting out this venue and、um, moving into our new home. We covered that in detail last time.、Um, the big takeaway was it cost more than we expected,、um, but you were more generous、um, than we expected, and then you said you were going to be, and then God provided in an incredible way. So praise Him. We get to be thankful and enjoy it.、Uh, if you want details, just ask. I guess one of our values is transparency. So if you want details, you are welcome to everything down to the individual record of each、um, transaction. So do do ask if there's something you want to know、uh, about that.、Um, What I want to look at today first is how we spent the money you've invested over the last year、uh, outside of this building project. So you gave seventy-six thousand, like I said this morning,、uh, over the last twelve months, including gift aid. That is an amazing、um, figure. That's about one thousand three hundred and fifty pounds per average attending adult, which is kind of the benchmarky figure that you can use between different churches. One thousand three hundred and fifty per average attending adult, and we want to say thank you. It's made this possible. There's no way we could have done this、um, without that. Here is how we spent it. Just go through this in a little more detail than I did this morning.、Um, admin is Penelope and、uh, Rachel's time, just helping us keep the wheels on the thing, keep us organised. We pay our bills, we pay our salaries on time, we complete the reporting that we need to, and then there's lots of bits and pieces in there as well. In that admin bucket, we pay quite a lot of bank charges just for moving money around. They love to charge businesses loads of money for that. We buy office supplies and things like that are in there too. So there's quite a lot of things in that bucket.、Um, gathering is coffee and tea. It's pizza. It's technology services. So if you've been on the inside, you know we use quite a lot of、um, planning centre services and proclaim for our whizzy slides. That all costs money,、uh, and this also covers our、uh, equipment and、uh, musicians. So I bought these big blue lights, and if you don't like them, then I'll pay for them. That's okay.、Um, but I like them. They're not always blue either. Um, venue, venue is the big blob here, and that was renting the conference rooms in the Novotel until we moved in here, and it's paying the bills here since we moved in.、Um, this is、uh, 
we kept the moving costs separate. This is kind of just what it costs to operate the venue. Uh, if that looks cheap, um, that's because it is. We're still in the rent-free period in this building. So this number is going to rise as we start paying rent. That's just the other bills we have to pay here, like heating and um, service charges and odd things like that. Um, fundraising. Very small chunk there. Um, we pay a little bit of fees for some of our giving services that we use. Um, the contactless terminal is not the most efficient thing in the world. Um, and there are tiny, tiny fees on PayPal, but they do add up after a while. This is also, we paid a, a consultant money to identify a set of trusts we could apply to. And uh, um, we're going to uh, explore that as time goes on. Um, Pastoral is not very much in that bucket. Getting the team to a conference, Ian, um, Dave, and Caleb and I were down on the south coast at the FIC conference uh, a week back um, so we can learn together and it gives us some time away to think together about what we're doing and where we're going. And I think it was a really helpful time in the end. It was good. Uh, it also has resources for the staff team, so things like commentaries. I bought a new commentary on the Gospel of Luke and the church kindly paid for that. Um, so, and these things are quite expensive, unfortunately. Training, um, this is supporting multiply participants who gave up work to be a part of that. We had, uh, we had that in the last year. It's paying for resources um, that we use in multiply. It's paying our share of Jake's costs. Um, so he's half funded by an organization in the UK called AT3. The other half falls to us. And it's paying other support costs for trainees. So um, there, um, some of the transportation and fees like that for them. So that's, uh, that's a reasonably big bucket. And mission, this is, much, this is money we've given on to other organizations for the purposes of mission. We gave a, a small amount of money to Grace Mount Community Church to support and encourage them. We pay a regular subscription to the FIEC, the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. And we think of that as a kind of national mission expenditure. It is helping advance the gospel mission in the UK. Uh, it also includes the small amount that we spend on advertising and publicity. That's kind of mission. That's uh, making us more visible to people who are searching for a good church in Edinburgh and things like that. We pay a bit for that. What's the big picture here? We spent 75000 You gave us 76000 Financially, we're doing okay. Um, praise God. Looking ahead, we're going to need to raise our income just to keep doing um, what we're doing just now. Uh, and I guess it's really important that you understand um, that we're only able to make this work because we're not paying for everything we're benefiting from at the moment. So Caleb is funded entirely by generous supporters back in the U.S. Um, John Douglas, we're hoping, will join us shortly. Again, he'll be funded by generous supporters back in the U.S. too. Jake is half-funded by AT3. Um, Jack is a trailblazer for them. He's developing a pathway for training people in uh, leading in worship and in the arts. And I'm giving myself to the church as a full-time um, volunteer. I'm really happy to do that. Uh, in the medium term, we need to find some way of funding this uh, in case I'm under a bus and you need to pay the next guy. So that's where we are. You have been incredibly generous. These numbers are pretty astonishing. We've gotten to move forward really quickly as a new church. If you think that we are a year and a half old as a real church, um, what we've gotten the chance to do is quite extraordinary and um, you've made that possible. We've got a lot to be thankful for. In fact, why don't we praise God just now and uh, I'll pray. Father God, thank you for all the things you've done um, to make it possible for us to be here and be up to where we are. Thank you for this uh, incredible opportunity that this building is for us. 
Thank you that you gave us a space that has so many things that are good and right and that you helped us be able to finance changing it relatively cheaply, um, that you supported us through that. Thanks for Caleb and for John. And uh, Lord, we thank you for their supporters. Thanks for Jake. And we pray for uh, AT3. We pray you bless them as they continue to um, fund him and develop this idea of bringing people here to train and serve alongside us. Lord, thank you for um, each person's generosity. And Lord, we thank you for those who can um, only give a little out of the little they have. And we thank you for those who give a lot out of the lot that they have. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you um, don't care whether it's little or lots. Uh, you care about the heart. And I uh, pray you'd help us always to be remembering that. Amen. If you'd like any more details on this chart, if you want to dig in, again, you're totally welcome. Joe. Uh, it does. That's right. They're thousands, not pounds. It did cost us more than more than thirty-four pounds to run the venue. They're thousands. If you didn't guess that, I'm sorry. I should have should have added a K. Should have added a K. So two things I want to do with the next few minutes. First, I want to look to the horizon. Like, let's imagine our destination. Okay, what could be? Um, what do we dream of? Uh, what's our destination? What's our goal? And then once we spend a bit of time talking about what's away over there on the horizon, let's bring it in closer. Well, okay, what's our next step? What's some concrete things that we can do right now? What's our best route to take forward? Where's our focus going to be next? So what's our dream for Hope City? Well, our dream is that we stay focused on multiplying disciples and ultimately multiplying churches. That's, that's what we're after. Uh, our dream is that we keep on being a family that shares the hope we have with the people around us each day, and that we keep on welcoming people who are exploring faith or coming back to faith, and that we keep on challenging one another to press on and pursue Jesus more fully and closely, that we keep on having grace and love for one another as we fail these things, uh, and that we keep on calling and training and sending more workers out into the harvest. So what, where does that take us to when we dream? Well, we took on this building with a goal of uh, having capacity for 200 people um, because at that scale, we think we should be ready to plant again. Um, and uh, running out of space is actually going to force us to get on and do that rather than sit on our hands. We think living out that vision we've just talked about as reaching out, welcoming in, encouraging one another, having grace for one another and training and sending. We think living that out with excellence as a group of 200 people is going to require quite a lot more organization and structure. Frankly, uh, even now, if you spend any time on the inside, you'll know this needs more organization and structure today. There are so many valuable and important things that we want to get to that we just can't do. Um, we'll have to become more structured uh, internally as we grow, so we've got to engage and empower more people to lead inside the organization as a part of that. We need leaders to do some work like this at scale. Um, you can do these things organically when you're relatively small. When you get to that sort of lies, it, ha it has to become more organized. And we need leaders so that we can do a better job of helping everyone um, participate in these things. We've thought about how to do that and how to organize for that. Here's a dream of where the destination might be in the end. Now, every step on that pathway of reaching out um, in relationship to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, to seeing them um, 
join us on mission as a part of the church to see them sent out into a new church plan. We'll benefit from somebody focusing their attention on that little step on each segment. So we're thinking it might work well to organize around the pathway of reaching out to sending out. And uh, we can engage more leaders in building it and uh, serving us all within it. So we're thinking we want to have a leader and a team to challenge and support us all in blessing people. It's our, our great acronym for small steps of mission. We want somebody thinking about how to equip us in that. Somebody actively working to make sure we're celebrating what's happening. We're creating more opportunities. And I think something we're particularly conscious of, we're building more stepping stones. It's a long way from hearing about Jesus to coming to church on a Sunday morning. And I think that's a that's a step that we're going to need to put something in between. We need somebody thinking about that and working on uh, imagining stepping stones that will serve us well. We also want a, a leader and a team focused on helping us all encounter God together as we gather. Uh, working to have everyone pull together towards that end. Our, our welcome, the aesthetics of the building, our worship, our teaching, our prayer, our kids program, our hospitality. All of these things serve and we want somebody to help us do that better and better. We want a leader and a team focused on encouraging the people who gather to feel like you truly belong here at church. Helping those who are new take the next step on the way in. Helping us all to get connected through smaller groups. Helping us to be cared for and to know we're cared for. Encouraging all of us to participate in the work of the church and calling us further, further on into the church and the mission. So we want somebody thinking about how do people go from attending a gathering to feel like they truly belong here? How do they feel convinced that I am a part of the Hope City family? I think there's a lot of work to do in there. We think a leader and a team focused on helping us, each one of us at church, to become more like Jesus is going to be really important. Thinking about how it is that God's word dwells richly in us through the week, not just when we gather on a Sunday morning. Helping us think through what following Jesus means for you as a parent, or as a retired person, or as a student, or as an artist, or as a woman, or as an employee. Calling us into deep relationship with a few people so that we have those stronger connections for spurring one another on and challenging us to be better and better stewards of the different things that God has given each one of us. And then we think we want a leader and a team focused on helping us be in a church that send, uh, trains people in order to send them out. Um, so we run Multiply today. It's been through a few iterations, and uh, there's still obviously a lot of room for improvement. But building and delivering that, recruiting all kinds of trainees and helping them on the pathway towards joining us, thinking about how we're going to finance them, ensuring they actually get good care and support and feedback while they're serving with us um, Caleb and Jake have been very gracious with me as I've not been you know, much help to them in this until I've been busy getting stuff done. We need more people to work on this, to do it well. Uh, and then ensuring we send people out and care for them after we send them out, not just say, well, goodbye, never see you again. Helping us be a genuine partner to other churches in the city and to play our part in the networks we're a part of. There's lots of work to do there. And to do all of that smoothly and well, really to do anything at all, we're going to need a leader for our operations E-type work too. We've got finance, we've got administration, we've got this venue, which takes significant effort. We've got all of our technology. There's a whole bunch of HRE type things that really need more uh, attention. We're imagining each single one of these areas would really want one or two days of focused leadership time to help the wider church family serve most effectively through all these things. Now, we're not thinking about leaders who do all of the work in here. There's huge work to do in each of these places. 
Um, Leaders who engage others, leaders who train and develop others, leaders who maintain and build systems that will make this sort of thing happen. So the leader for the gathering isn't preparing the talk each week. They're making sure somebody's preparing a talk each week. They're thinking about, where's our teaching going next? They're thinking about, how do we evaluate the quality of our teaching? How are we helping our teachers get better at that? We're thinking some of these leaders might be elders. I think there's a lot of value in that, having the the leaders of the church be the leaders of these parts of the organization. But we don't think they all need to be. Um, Elders are still going to oversee all aspects of the church uh, on top of that. We're thinking this is a big job to ask a volunteer to do. It's not impossible, but not many of the people who have gifts along these lines really are able to give that much time flexibly. So probably we're going to have to pay some of these as part-time employed positions. So along with these director sort of positions, we're thinking we're also going to need more ministry staff. Uh, What do I mean by ministry-specific staff? Well, we've got John helping us with worship and the arts. We'd love to engage someone to help us with pastoral care or women's ministry. For example, there are lots and lots of different roles we need people to fill. Roles where there's either specific skills or training needed or just the time commitment required just means it's the sort of um, thing a volunteer couldn't simply fill. Now, our hope is that most of these ministry staff are going to be bivocational. That means they've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. They don't get to live in an entirely Christian commune and forget what it's like to be outside, um, but they understand and uh, it makes them more plausibly affordable to us as well if these people are bivocational. And then as a part of our vision for training and sending people, we're going to have to recruit at some point some indigenous trainees as well. And we love you, Americans, and it's wonderful to have you with us. But some of the locals are going to have to get on this bus too. Um, For the church in Scotland to flourish in the long term, we have to raise up indigenous servants and leaders too. That seemed like a lot of people to be on a staff of a church of 200, it is definitely a very different model to lots of churches here in Scotland. But remember, first we're hoping most of these people are bivocational. They're with us part-time. So it's not that many kind of full-time equivalent people. But secondly, we actually do aspire to be relatively heavily staffed because we want to do things well. We do want to think about each aspect of our vision and how we're improving and making progress on that. We do want to keep on... um, improving. And to train people well takes more time than simply doing things. One of the things I've been thinking about teaching, I would love as I teach week by week to um, train other people in that, to apprentice them and take them along with me. Um, But the trouble is it takes more time to do it outside your head. It's faster to do it all inside your head. If you want to take someone with you, you want to say, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I did. Do you see what I did? What do you think? It takes you about 1.3 times as long. So if you want to be a church that's seriously investing in apprenticing, you have to be overstaffed to make that possible. And I guess along the route to this, we anticipate staffing ahead of growth rather than behind it. Uh, Oftentimes the approach is, you know, we get to a stage where we're breaking and then we fill the gap. We want to um, staff ahead of growth instead. That's our current picture of what we dream of when we think about the horizon, when we think about where we would like this to end up. I can imagine somewhere like that being in a good position to multiply, uh, to reproduce repeatedly. Uh, I'm excited about that idea. It's a long way from where we are right now. Uh, And it's definitely a stretch. It's definitely a dream to imagine we could ever get there. But we do serve an amazing God. We have already had um, amazing progress as a young church. 
And what this picture does do is it helps us think about concrete next steps from where we are right now. Anticipate on that structure built around what we might call a discipleship pathway. Reach out to people, gather them in, let them feel they belong, help them become like Jesus, train and send them out. It's going to help us do a better job of keeping our focus on all the different things that matter to us as a church. So we think one of the right next steps for us is to see if we can recruit one or two of those leaders or directors is kind of what I've been notionally calling them. Because what we want them to do is set direction and engage others, not do all of the work themselves. We want someone who will come and join us for one or two days a week to have oversight of a particular area. Because right now, I'm actually trying to focus on all these things at once, and as you can see, it's not working particularly well. We're just starting our conversations with people about this. We're just right at the beginning of this process. It's just possible we might find some people who could donate their time to do this, Uh, but we think it's prudent to plan on paying for at least uh, one of these leaders. So the question, the million-dollar question is, could that be you? Do you have a heart for one of those areas? Does it matter to you? Or do you know someone who has that sort of skill set and that sort of passion? Please talk to me um, because we're actively searching for these people. Uh, We also think it is time we began recruiting our next ministry-specific staff member. That's kind of that, that level down from the director role because that process of recruiting churchy people takes a really, really long time. Uh, We wouldn't anticipate anyone being in post before September next year, but to recruit someone for September next year, we need to be interviewing right now. Um, And we're only looking for somebody part-time, which makes it a harder job to fill. Uh, Most people would like to have just one job rather than two. Life's much simpler that way. Um, We think it's likely to be someone with a pastoral care role, I think that's probably the next special skill we want to invest in. Perhaps particularly focused on women. You look at the gender balance of our staff team. It's not particularly good. Um, so, um, and there are a lot of guys represented already. So could that be you? Could that be someone you know? Um, talk to me. Uh, we would like to talk to you about that. We finally want to recruit at least one indigenous trainee. We want somebody to spend uh, two days at least a week with us alongside Caleb and Jake as our current trainees to up the non-American count a little bit in the office. We'll just see if we can just balance things out just a touch. Um, Joining our multiplying training day, but also practically apprenticing alongside the existing team in one of the different ministry roles there are. We have to recruit and train people if we're going to send them out. Again, could that be you? Do you know someone that that could be? We're very flexible. We'll create these positions around the person. Um, we're broad thinkers. It doesn't have to be a cookie cutter you know, job description. Um, but could that be you? Please talk to me. Three steps. Each of these, we think, takes us a little step towards that picture on the horizon. Each of these is going to help us do a better job of what we're trying to do already. You'll see less balls dropped you'll see more progress. We'll do a better job of each different thing we're involved in. But alas, each of these three steps will cost money. And that's on top of the fact that our costs are going to rise even if we don't change anything because we're coming out of that rent-free period. And uh, it was summer when we showed you the bill last time, and now it's winter. Heating is going to cost us money. And we've got a full year of Jake to pay our part of. Now, don't lose heart. Uh, We're not proposing something we think is impossible here. Uh, I'd even put this within the bounds of what you could call reasonable. 
Um, just about. But it is going to take some effort, and we're going to need a plan for how we're going to end up in a position where we could do something like this. So we're going to put some scores on the doors. What do we expect our costs to be in this year ahead, even if we don't change anything much in pursuit of the long-range vision, and how are we going to pay for that? Here you go. Same categories as before. So 75000 is the looking back 12 months. And then 1920 is kind of an uh, academic year. So there's an overlap between the two. The last 12 months is up to the end of October. We think it's going to cost us 101000 just to do business as usual. That's our broad estimate for there. The biggest change you're seeing there is this space is going to cost us about £15,000 more in the year to come because we'll start paying rent on it as we run out of the rent-free period and because we'll have to pay for the heating in the winter. Thirty-nine goes, uh, 34 goes to 49 there. Add to that, we're hoping to give more money away in mission to other organizations in the year ahead. We would like to do that. We're a, rel- we're a very well-resourced church for Scotland. There are loads of churches who are not in our position. We'd like to be able to support others. So we're hoping to maybe be able to do as much as giving 10,000. There's thousands here for Joe. There's Ks after all these numbers again. We'd like to give away more money next year. That'd be really exciting. The final big change year over year. Plan to continue. Oh, sorry, two more changes. No, yeah, the final big change. We're going to continue our investment in John. Um, John has only been part year looking back. He joined us in kind of September time. Um, we hope to be able to afford a lot more of John's time. So rather than spending 8000 on our gatherings like we did last year, we'll maybe want to spend as much as 17000 once you've counted everything and added it all up. £100,000. That's crazy talk. Is it doable? Well, we think so. Okay, remember, regular giving in the last 12 months is about 76000 It's where we're starting from. We have a little bit left in our training fund. You gave very generously to support training uh, about two years back. Um, So we're going to spend that on trainees. We've also applied to three different external funders for help um, already. Two of these we've approached before. They turned us down last time, but they invited us personally to reapply. So we're taking that as slight um, optimism. And uh, there's another um, place that we've spoken to. Uh, we also have a fundraising consultant working for us now on almost, uh, he, he's kind of working on a, uh, what's it called? Kind of a commission. He's working on commission. Um, he's going to see if he can get us connected with grant making trust. That's more likely to pay for capital projects rather than operations. Most of this is operations cost. So that is more likely to pay for better heating, which would still be nice. We'll take better heating. Uh, it's less likely to pay for these sorts of things. We're growing as a church, um, which is really encouraging. Uh, we're growing about uh, 15% year over year. Um, thanks, Derek, for tracking those numbers so reliably for us. Uh, if that growth continues or if that growth accelerates, that's going to help us bridge this gap. Um, but we're also going to ask you to consider whether you would be willing to invest more uh, in what we're proposing to do. We think this is a good kingdom investment. We think you're getting a good bang for your buck here. We think we're putting God's money to work in um, ways that count, uh, not wasting it, and we hope you do too. Um, so if you do like what we're doing, um, we would like to ask you to consider, help us keep doing it. Help us consider doing more of it with the resources that God has entrusted to you. Remember what the Bible says? If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not what one does not have. That's 2 Corinthians eight twelve. It's really important that this is about what you do with what God has entrusted to you. It's not about the different sizes that uh, we're involved in. So, yeah.
we would love you to consider investing some more with us to make this possible. But now let's, let's get really crazy. What if we take those next steps we're talking about and appoint these extra people? Recruit a director, add a part-time ministry staff member, recruit a trainee. How does that look? Most of that is going to take time to accomplish, so most of that's not going to have any impact in the next 12 months. It's probably going to take us just about 12 months to get any of that done. Um, so it's going to hit us in 2020, 2021. Here's what that might look like. There's still a circle, about the same size. Can't be that much more money, really, can it? <laughs> it's just a whole circle. It's 360 degrees still, which isn't a whole lot more. Uh, 149,000 pounds. That's a lot of money. Um, the venue costs us more again um, because then we've got finally a full year's rental. So that's the summit cost for this venue. It doesn't get any more expensive than that. And we think that is a good price for a space that will take 200 people, a space that's ours through the week and a space that we can use better. We're happy with that. So that's 10,000 more and that's it. Uh, we're proposing this part-time director. See the directors at the top? Uh, we think that's going to cost um, something like 16000 And part-time ministry staff, you see the pastoral ones expanded as well. So that's about £27,000 more money. That is a lot of money, but we think that is the right direction. And um, we're proposing an indigenous part-time trainee. That's about 8000 um, but the training bucket doesn't get that much bigger because we helped relocate Jake here, and we don't have to relocate you again next year, which is lovely. We'd like to keep you, thanks. All in all, that's about £150,000. That sounds like crazy talk. Um, it certainly is investing ahead of growth, right? But uh, off the charts, how could we possibly afford to do something like that? Well, we hope we'll continue to grow as a church, and that means we hope our regular giving will continue to grow with that. That'll take some of the edge off. There's still going to be a big gap. We don't think it's going to be possible to close that with our own giving. That's, that's our conclusion we've reached about this. We don't think that... We think that you have been very generous... We think um, that you may be able to give a little more, uh, but we don't think we'll get to there with our own giving. A big chunk of how it's possible to do what we're doing right now is others' generosity and partnership. Caleb's supporters, hopefully soon John Douglas's supporters, are choosing to be gospel partners with us and with them. Uh, we were down at the FIC conference last week. Um, we were pretty inspired in our meeting with a church called City Church Manchester, who look a bit like us, but three or four more years on. It was really, they were, they were um, very generous in sharing a lot of information and uh, encouragement with us. And here we learned from them about how they are managing to staff ahead of growth. And a huge chunk of that is through long-term partnerships, gospel partnerships with other churches. So we think a big key to being able to do anything like that 150 is to be proactive and deliberate at working to establish significant gospel partnerships with resourcing churches. People who are looking to make kingdom investments on the front line of mission, which is where we live. We live on the front line of mission. And we think those churches do exist. We know they exist. There are many of them already generously giving into the UK. We think we need to start being deliberate about pursuing this right now. Uh, that means we're going to use what connections and what networks we have, and we've been blessed with some wonderful connections and uh, some good networks that we're a part of to begin to uh, connect with people. We're going to try and get the opportunity to present what we're doing and what we're proposing um, to others, see if some people feel this might be an investment that they would like to go. Uh, we're thinking this is going to take us kind of networking for a quarter of a year, just making contacts, sending emails, having calls. And then we think we're almost certainly going to need to be in the States for a while uh, to stand in front of people and uh, pitch. 
and then we hope a return visit to see if we can establish a partnership or two. So we hope to make a lot of connections, go and see a lot of people, get a couple of people who are more interested, um, go back and see if we can engage in a serious partnership. With ongoing growth, uh, with your continuing generosity and with some real gospel partnerships, um, yeah, this might be possible. This really might be possible. That is a lot of information to dump on you, but I just wanted to share with you how we've been thinking, what we think happens next, and how we think that's possible. I'm sure it raises some questions. Uh, We're going to have a little bit of Q&A right now, um, but if you don't feel comfortable asking a question, Pigeonhole is your friend, and we'll pick up more questions um, later on. Anyone like to ask anything just now? Uh, Sorry, Sarah first. Uh, is there any chance Charlotte Chapel will invest in us going forward? The answer is probably not. They're about to launch their next church plant at Easter, and their next church plant is um, going to have a more financially challenging time than we do. It's launching at a lower scale, um, and uh, so I think that that's going to be where they're investing in the short-term future. Uh, Joe? Yeah, don't know. Um, there's probably, um, <clears throat> there's one month where we spent £2,400 in admin on something, and I cannot put my finger for the life of me on what it was. But there's one, it's, it's exactly one transaction in the last 12 months that has skewed that. We think um, the seven is our forecast for the forward-looking figure. Inflation's about zero at the moment. Um, so I'm not accounting for inflation. I'm not giving pay rises to anyone either. <laughs> Joe. Um, your list of people you're looking to employ, have you thought through, is that predominantly male? Are there, which of those just... I'll be happy to um, see a male or female in any of these roles. So um, as a church, our position is that we only have male elders and that it's only a male who will teach in the primary gathering because that's what we think the um, aggregate teaching of Scripture points us to. Uh, we think that even one of these director positions, sitting under the S elders, could be a female, that would be fine. Uh, a ministry-specific staff member, a women's worker, uh, would be naturally female, but any other position too could be. Uh, a trainee, I would love to train males or females. Uh, I think that would be lovely. We'd have to think about the safety nets for that and the logistics around how we don't end up in... You know, what we try and avoid is ever being... Um, in a room one-to-one with a female for an extended period. So we need to figure out some pattern that would make that work. Um, but females in all three, um, not that they have to be, um, that they could be, that's what I mean to say. Uh, Rachel? Can I ask a question about the numbers? Um, so you've got 1920 and then Yes, so these are both academic years, September to September. So it looked bad. I probably did something wrong. You think it would be worse than that? Yeah, we've probably got in the 2019-20 venue, we've probably got a few more one-off costs that we don't expect to be recurring. So that's probably what's going on there. Um, yes? 
Why do we have a rent-free period? It's normal when you, can, when you um, conclude a commercial lease that they offer you a rent-free period at the beginning of that lease because you almost always have to spend some money setting up the facility and they understand your cash flow couldn't sustain. So they put the whole rent up and then they give you the first section free so that you can afford to fit the space out. So it's just kind of a normal industry convention. And in our, part, in our place, it's worked about right. You know, our rent-free period has allowed us to um, cover the cost of fitting the space out. Um, yeah, Ewan. Um, this, was a, this was an empty hangar with uh, a room down at that end and some other stuff over here and less loose, uh, which was very threatening to the planning authorities. Ewan. Yeah. Um, right now, I don't need to be paid, so that's fine. Um, so we can prioritize other things. If there was a catastrophe and uh, I was taken out by a bus, then we'd have to rejig how we're funding things. And I think uh, uh, at that point, it would become an emergency and we'd probably move our funding around from maybe an existing director or maybe the existing director will be another elder who can part replace me and that would work really well. Um, but I'm still comfortable that we have to get to an end point um, where, where you can fund somebody in this role. But I actually think um, in that larger, wider structure, um, that would be a much more resilient structure to me being out of the picture. Um, yeah. You, you, you can kind of say you, because that happens to me. Yeah, I'm dead, so... <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, to be quite happy about things at that stage. And you'll be okay, because uh, God is going to look after his church. It is precious to him. And uh, he, he'll take care of it. But I think it's okay to plan on not beginning to ramp those payments now. I think if we build out this organization, we'll be in a much more resilient position. Carolyn. When do you start factoring in a figure for the next church plan? So we said at the beginning we'd like to plant in five years. Um, but one of the dangers of saying something like five years is it's always five years away. So we put a date on it and we said 2023 was five years from when we kicked off. 2023 is real soon now. Um, the chances of us being uh, large enough to launch a plan with critical mass in 2023 are small. That was based on a forecast of 30% year-over-year growth, which we've not been tracking on. We've grown slower than we imagined. So the plan will probably be slightly further back, but it doesn't need to be. Anything could change. Um, what will it look like when we get ready to plant? This um, picture is overstaffed. And um, so what we can do is give away some of our staff to a plant. That's the goal, is to hit a kind of critical, uh, um, a terminal size that is large enough that we can give away some of our team into the plant. So that's how we would be thinking about um, trying to finance that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we don't know, like, I would love to go for 2023 still. Um, go share the gospel with your friends. Uh, not that you're not doing that, but keep on sharing the gospel with your friends and pray for them. Why, you could bless them. Um, Angus. Um, 
So we, the, the rough model here has something like a, do you really want the numbers? I feel awkward telling you the numbers. So what we've imagined might be possible is that people could give something like 15% more if you're giving just now. And we know that there are 22 giving units in the church. That is uh, individuals or couples who are giving to us on a regular basis. And we believe there is scope for uh, us to see more people begin giving because we're over uh, whatever that 22 represents in total. It's not 44 because some of those are singles. So um, there are more adults than that around. So we think there's a scope for some new people to begin giving. And we think there may be some scope for some of you who are giving to give more. Um, so that's how we thought about some internal growth. And then we've got our year-over-year growth, which is 15 to 17%. So those all rolled together give us some of the ramp we need, but they're never going to take us to 150. We don't think that's uh, reasonable to ask. Uh, but God could do more than we ask or imagine, so maybe he will. Maybe one of you is loaded and you want to give us more money, and that's cool. Um, we'll take it. Uh, and then we won't spend so much time on networking and visiting um, other people and talking to them, and we'll be able to get on with the work, and that'd be cool too. Um, but really, we would just hire more people if we could do that. We would grow faster. Um, more questions or time enough for questions? Thanks so much for your patience. I know that's a lot of information. We recorded this session, and um, I think I'll probably publish my script. I don't think there's anything scary in there, so I'll publish my script um, so you can see what I intended to say rather than what I actually said. Um, <laughs> they're related. They're related. They're just not quite the same. Great. I'm going to hand over to Dave and Caleb now to talk to us about building relationships. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, good. Thank you. Um, let's just spend a minute just praying. Heavenly Father, we look at some of these figures and, um, yeah, they're a bit scary at times and yet you remind us in your word that you love us, that you love a cheerful giver, one who gives out of a love for you, one who gives from a heart that says thank you for all that you've done for each one of us. Father, we pray for your guidance over these next um, 12 months as we um, think about how you might grow. We pray for these contacts that Matt has been speaking about, pray that they might bear fruit. We give you thanks for so much that you've done already. In Jesus' name, amen. Matt's already mentioned, God has blessed us in um, so many ways in such a short period of time. We've seen people come to faith in Jesus. We have a growing church family who genuinely care for each other. And we have this great space in which we meet. And as well as wanting to see God's kingdom expanded as people hear the good news about Jesus and put their faith in him, one of the key goals of Hope City is for each one of us to be growing more in Christ-likeness. Now we can do that in lots of ways, um, through our own personal, regular study of the Bible and by praying, by coming to church each Sunday to hear the Bible explained and to have fellowship with our brothers and sisters, or by joining small groups on a Sunday evening to dig deeper into the text and to seek to apply it. But as elders, we've been thinking about, for some time about other ways we could all deepen relationships within Hope City. And this afternoon, we'd like to make some suggestions for you all to think about. You know that we like catchy names for things. 
For those who are new here to Hope City, we run our regular lunches called New Here. <laughs> Stick to script. When we meet in smaller groups every Sunday evening, we co- <laughs> when we meet in smaller groups every Sunday evening, we call them small groups. <laughs> And if I asked how we're trying to bless people, you could tell me where we start. We begin with, actually, um, let you into a secret. That wasn't even our name. We pinched that one. Um, I'm going to ask Caleb to join me for a moment to explain a bit more about what we're thinking about. Caleb, what catchy name have we given to what we're, what we're talking about now? Pods. P-O-D. Pods. That's a catchy name. Super hip. And we're going to tell you what those are. <laughs> Enough from the peanut gallery, please. <laughs> okay. Each letter for stands for something, right? Yep. Each letter does stand for something. It's more of an acronym than a sweet name because we love our acronyms. The P stands for prayer triplet. The O stands for one-to-one discipleship, and the D stands for discipleship groups. Okay, can you tell us a little bit more about prayer triplets? Yes, prayer triplets. It's uh, typically three people, and <laughs> catchy. And they get together, and so you imagine, so it'd be three people. You get together with uh, two other people, and you would pray together, believe it or not. It's, in, it's meant to be intentional. You're getting together to pray, to encourage, to support uh, your brothers and your sisters in Christ. The goal would be for a prayer triplet, ideally it would probably be a same, same gendered group. Um, it would meet at the frequency that the three decided on. It can be four, it can be five. I wouldn't say it'd be much bigger than that because now you're getting to a discipleship group. So, but like, it doesn't have to be fixed. It can, but three people is usually a pretty good size to come together, encourage one another. You can meet once a week, you can meet... Every other week, you meet once a month. You set the frequency at which you want to meet together. Okay, explain a bit more about one-to-ones. One-to-one discipleship. Um, I, so that's something that's quite popular, actually, in a lot of Christian culture. So it's it's opportunity to sit down and be be discipled. It's it, discipleship can look a lot of different ways. One way is it is like a, a more mature Christian with a younger, newer Christian. Um, with one, one, with one, kind of a more, more one-sided bend towards discipleship of trying to pour into and help grow and mentor, mentoring involved in that. Another, another form of discipleship can be two peers coming together uh, to sharpen uh, one another. So it's just meeting and um, encouraging one another, um, focusing on growing in the Bible, focusing on growing in the faith, uh, focusing on how to better follow Christ uh, day after day. So there's there's two different kind of models to that. Um, of how that could look. And finally, uh, unpack a little bit about discipleship groups. So discipleship groups. Uh, so with all the pot, with all three formats here, the goal is intentional Christian relationships. So the goal here of a discipleship group is to come together, um, encourage one another, and, and Christ following. And so a discipleship group doesn't have to be that you all get in together and then you're like, it has, doesn't have to be a Bible study. It can be a Bible study, but it can also be like hill hill walking group, or it can be, a crafting group. It can be, you know, we like to taste whiskey or, you know, it's just coming together 
with the intent focus of doing an activity, but also encouraging one another in our walk with Christ. It wouldn't be awkward to show up, and if I sat down and I said, why don't you try my Open 14? I think it's amazing, and as you try it, and I say, tell me what God is teaching you. Uh, tell, like, talk to me about where you're growing. Tell me about your faith. Um, and you're like, okay, so this is a really nice whiskey. These are the nice notes, and also God is teaching me. Um, so it's something like that. We would, uh, sorry, you have a question. Oh, sorry, and we would, and with the one-to-one discipleship, with the prayer triplets, with the discipleship groups, we would try and give a some some sort of like questions to ask or direction to help with um, the intentionality in that because it can very easily become just like we got together, we had the whiskey, Jesus wasn't really mentioned, off we went. Um, that's not what we want these to become. So we would we would try and give some guidance on how to keep it intentional um, and mission and. Um, discipling and, and relationship deepening uh, bend towards it. Okay, let's think a wee bit more about the practicalities then. Um, what we don't watch, what we don't watch, um, there could be all sorts of groups springing up all over the place doing all sorts of weird things. So, is there someone going to be coordinating at all? Yes. Um, so, the coordinator is not like what you think it is. Uh, currently, I think it'd be me right now. Um, super fun. So, coordinator, uh, my the job would basically just be making sure. So, in our small groups that we have on on Sunday nights, is we the the hosts record the attendance, um, see who is there. It'd be something similar to that. This is when we met. This is who showed up. We are meeting, and the coordinator would just make sure that the groups continue to meet, and then the coordinator would be aware of all the groups that are happening. So, if you are new to Hope City, and you are like, I kind of like some Christian friends too, but I don't really know anyone. Um, I'd love to get involved in one of those prayer triplet things. We would know which ones are up and running and active and see, and which ones would be open to accepting new members or new di- and new to the discipleship group. Or if you want to be discipled, it's finding, helping you find someone um, that wants to disciple you as well. So it's, that's kind of what the coordinator would do, and I'm just making sure that if you have stopped meeting, then the group would kind of be decommissioned and then someone else could start something else it's not like the end of the world so yeah okay so um i'm interested in starting up a group um what should i do you should start it um you should um you should formulate kind of like an idea of what you want it to be Uh, let us know that this is what the group will be this will be the focus um, this is what the frequency it'll be like, and then it's just a matter of us getting the news out to the church at that point of of them being approved for the group. So it's just like, hey, we want to do, we want a hill walking club. We're gonna walk a hill once a month. Um, this is kind of the goal of it. Anyone can join. Do it. And do you envisage? Uh, it's really important that obviously we keep reviewing these things. So would there be a review process built in? Yes, uh, so we'd want to have a review process built in, and that review process just ma- basically means, like, is the group still running? Is the group still intentional? Are, is it working? Is it doing what, we, what it's designed to do? Are, have you guys deepened relationships? Um, have you guys grown um, in love for one another? Because that is the goal. Um, and if they're not achieve, achieving the goal, then we kind of need to uh, revisit that. This is the first time that um, we've shared this. So um, have you have been thinking about when we might launch them? I've been thinking about when we might launch them. I was thinking we might launch some in the new year, maybe, um, next year. Um, try and have some, some for January because, uh, 
you know, it's Christmas right now and all that good stuff. But just the idea of having the opportunity to launch these groups come January. And, uh, yeah. Good. So um, three ideas. Prayer triplets, one-to-ones, and small discipleship groups. Um, we're just going to open the floor. If anybody's got any questions, this, as I say, is the first time that we've shared it with you. So we would appreciate any feedback that you might have. Um, but any questions just now? Summer. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine it'd be for all of them, just so we can be aware of all the groups that are starting and being made, and kind of have a directory of sorts of to be made up. No follow-ups. Yeah, I mean, it can be both. It can be both end. You can be like, you can, you summer could be. You could go to Joe and Susan and be like, "Do you want to be in a prayer triplet with me?" And they're like, "Yes." And then you just come and say, "Me, Joe, and Susan are going to be in a prayer triplet." And I go, "Great. These three are in a prayer triplet. You guys are going to meet uh, twice a month. Go." Um, and here is some resources to help you um, with with that. Here's some questions, maybe some suggestions to talk about. But it's like, take, you don't have to like use those resources, but just something to help uh, encourage people who maybe have never been in with something like that before. So, and we would also, if you're like, I just want to be a part of a trip, prayer triplet, we could say summer's looking for a prayer triplet, throw it in the email, put it on Facebook, plug it from the front, all that stuff. Sorry. Yeah, Julia. So that sounds like a kind of a more, is it more like evangelistic focus? Is that, or? Okay. Yes, Matt has something he wants to say. So he has, our, sorry, our child protection policy has specific regulations around meeting with under 18s, and uh, currently those are those are very stringent because it's important that we we manage safety well there. It might be difficult to make a group with under 18s work with that existing policy, and then I think we would need to recognise this sounds like a brilliant idea. Let's understand how best we can make this safe. And uh, beneficial. So I think it sounds like a fab idea, but we would just, when we're dealing with under 18s, we just need to make sure we've done it carefully and that if we're going to change our policy, that we've communicated that and updated that and checked it's safe. All right. Joe has something, I think. And Cameron?
make sense? Yes, I'm not saying. These the disciples these all pods are not meant to be a set age group like Dave and I would be in a, could be in a pod together they're not meant to be specific age groups but they can be we'd be in a group we're good friends so even though me and Dave are very close in age <laughs> um, um, yeah so oh, so many questions yeah I'm gonna call on John John's been patient. A life sentence. You make it sound like it's a terrible thing to join this, John. Uh, I would, I would, I would live. I would probably. I haven't quite. Th- I've thought a little bit about this, but I'd probably. We'd probably want to put some more thought into how long we want them to be. But I would imagine that there would be probably a minimum commitment time versus like a three-month trial period, and then you, the groups, can decide we want to run for X amount of time. Um, and like then that way it's like go out of like we're going to be committed as a prayer triplet for a year and then after the year we'll revisit like do we want to stay as a prayer triplet or do we want to go out and find other people to be part of prayer triplets so I'm like we're in one-to-one discipleship for a year okay is this working you know and kind of have like have a built-in trial period with that um, so you're not committing to something outrageous but a one-year commitment doesn't seem like it will kill you it is not a life sentence and um so something along those lines. So it's something that we can put more thought into. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, so many people. Tim. Nice. Tim. Both and. Um, it's to, the, main pr- the main point would be to pray together. So praying and encouraging one another um, to be more Christ-like. So it would be... You know, you'd meet together. It's not like you're going to get together for this 15-minute meeting, I'd imagine. But it's time spent together getting to know one another um, and then spending time in prayer um, and wanting to build one another up. And so it's it's deepening your relationship with Christ as well as deepening your relationship with one another because we're hoping that when you get together in a prayer triplet, you're not just saying pray because pray for these surface things, but pray for like the things that trouble us, the things that affect us, the things that people, we don't share that often, but we would be open and vulnerable in those, in that setting um, with what's going on. So, oh my goodness, so many hands, Joe. Right. Explain the, the, so we do something similar at a prayer triplet at Multiply. I'm in a prayer triplet with Joe and John, actually. We get together. We sit down. Um, there's some, we have a list of questions that we ask one another. Um, questions like, um, what sin has been weighing you down this week? What, um, what is going to, what has sapped your zeal? What is, uh, what's troubling you in the week ahead? What has worried you this last week? What brought you great joy? There's a, lot, a long list of questions. Those are just the ones I remember off my head. And be, there'd be questions like that as a resource available to you. Um, and then, you know, so Joe would ask me those questions, 
and I would respond, and then John would take, we'd take a few minutes, and John would pray for me, and then I would ask John questions, and then Joe would pray for John, and then we'd just kind of do the little thing around the circle. So it's, that's, and that's, but that doesn't have to be like the model, but that's something that we do currently um, to pray for one another. Next question is Carolyn. So, answer the first question. It, great to pray for mission for other churches, for the church, uh, for um, a lot of things. So, we would love for prayer triplets to take a part of that. I'm hesitant to say that we would prescribe that to groups, um, because once again, that we want them to be about deepening Christian relationships. Second, striking the balance. Um, they're not mandatory. These are not mandatory groups. This is not like us up here twisting your arm saying, join a pod. Uh, this is some. This is an avenue that we want to to give you guys the opportunity to be to be in deeper relationships. Um, finding the balance, maybe it's you're only a part of one. You don't have to be in a prayer triplet and a one-to-one discipleship and a discipleship group. And then also, the part of the balance is it's not a weekly thing, or it doesn't have to be. It can be. Um, it, it's again up to you guys. Like, do you want to be in a prayer triplet every week? Do you have the time and capacity to do that and still be missional? Do you, or is it better to do it every other week? Is it better to do it once a month? Like, what is your schedule? You all have a vast different array of availability and capacity for these things. So it's about what's right for you um, and what you, can, what you think would be an appropriate amount of commitment to a, something like a pod, but also enabling you to still be out and blessing others. Call time. Oh, Kim, it's burning, though. Put in pigeonhole, Kim. Thanks so much for your input there. We really, uh, we really want to talk with you and uh, think together about how to do that. Just responding to the question of how is it that we build um, deeper relationships in the church when we know that we're deliberately tearing them into small groups to run in Sunday evenings to get that kind of broad connection. Where do you find a deeper introduction of one? And this is uh, something that we want to help us address and look back to. Now, we are running quite long already, and I'm sure you've had enough. So let me just really quickly tell you um, that we're doing some cool things at Christmas um, Field Complex uh, in our Every Member Mission. And uh, the Community Choir and Rich Johnson, it's a great opportunity to be a part of something with your friends. Have I turned the off, Andrew? Can I do it? Can you hear me still? Um, any good? No good. Ah, oh, there we go. Thanks so much. Wow. Well, uh, there we go. Now I've got power. Um, 
Community Choir, uh, a great way to do something alongside a non-Christian, a shared endeavor, uh, a great free invite to church. Um, Christmas parties, we would love you to organize or attend a Christmas party of any size or shape. It's just an opportunity to be with people, to bless them. Um, go to somebody else's if you don't want to run your own. Accept an invitation from somebody you wouldn't otherwise accept an invitation from. The Bethany Shelter, uh, we're running a couple of nights. Uh, it's a great opportunity to serve alongside a non-Christian. And the other thing I was thinking here is um, we're going to host a Christmas board games night on, at my house on the 23rd of December, I think it is. Monday. Monday, the, the Monday, the Monday near Christmas. If you wanted to bring um, some of your friends along to that, we'd love that. Um, so just different things we can do, but enough of that. We like to ask you uh, your, um, how you're feeling about our shared mission. Do you feel like you're engaged in it? Does it make sense? This is a teeny tiny survey um, that asks you three questions. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you would answer three questions for us right now. And then we'll go to Q&A. That will give us uh, elders a chance to look at the questions that are coming up and not give you quite such off-the-cuff answers, okay? So Q&A is coming next. But if you go to this URL, if you don't have a device, borrow one from somebody next to you. Uh, Carolyn's got a spare at the back. We're going to do them at three minutes' time. So we're going to have a little chat about the questions you've asked us so that we give you better answers and um, gives you time to fill in this lovely little form for me. And uh, it's an anonymous form, but it just lets us know, are we kidding ourselves that we're all in this together? Or is there something we haven't understood that's really the issue? And then we'll move on to Q&A. Um, thanks so much for your time. <clears throat>
There's rioting on the streets breaking out here. Um, if you have finished, there's a great opportunity to get more pizza. Right, we're going we're gonna to carry on while you finish filling out those surveys um, because I know this has already taken a long time, but I think it's really important that we try and get some of these questions. We are probably not going to be able to get to all of these questions, um, but your voting will certainly influence the ones we answer. So there's your incentive to vote for what you want to hear about. And let's um, start right here at the top. Yeah, I can take, uh, I'll take two of these together. So first question, did John and Jake have the same role? And then also the second question, which is kind of the same question, a rundown of everyone involved in leadership and their role within church. It has expanded significantly. Okay. So do John and Jake have the same job? No. Um, let me tell you the truth about what happened. We were recruiting for a worship arts intern for a really long time. We found Jake and started a conversation about how to get him to the UK. It was complicated. And, uh, then we finally had a breakthrough, and we figured out a way it could get done, and uh, Jake's been really patient with us through this long process, and he's joined us as a trainee, so half of his time is focused on training, and half of his time is focused on serving us as a church, and uh, the training, he is prototyping, and I think the answer is we're probably learning, even as we go, that the training you're involved in right now is not the best, and so we're working together to try and make that better. So Jake's here as a trainee. Um, but Jake's also here to serve us, um, serve us week by week in leading the music, but also in um, training other musicians, in scheduling behind the scenes, in helping us leverage the arts and think about them more broadly, in using them in mission and all sorts of things. And then just as we were in the process of appointing Jake, John showed up. And we loved him. And uh, it just felt like too good an opportunity to miss. And so we said, John, please come and help us. And what we've done with John is we paid him for a day of his week for the first six months as a trial to explore working together and um, to develop a little bit. We've asked John to help us in our Sunday morning music, to train others, uh, and then to help us um, get better at using the arts and use the arts in mission. So the Community Christmas Choir be an example of that. It's similar. It's not exactly the same. I think Jake probably gets more of the logistics and scheduling and uh, underhand stuff. And John gets a bit more of the artsy, hand-wavy stuff. It's probably where we are right now. But we don't have very well-defined roles for the two of them. And we would love to um, do a better job of clearing that up. That's part of why we need to hire more people. It's because I've just i been trying to do everything, but I haven't managed to do everything. And this is one of the things I haven't done. Um, we love having two of them. Uh, we'd, like to, we'd like to have even more than two of them. And um, we'd like each of them to steward the gifts that God has given them and to bear lots of fruit among us. And they're not exactly the same person. If you stood next to each other, you would notice they're different. If you look at their gifts and what brings them joy and delight, they're different like that too. So we want both of them to serve in the way that suits them. We're still figuring out what that is. So that's a long answer to a short question, um, but that's the truth about it. Um, can we get a rundown on everyone involved in leadership? Um, the three of us involved in leadership, we're called elders or leaders in kind of a seeker-facing thing. Luke has been meeting with us regularly. Um, who else is, uh, who's else got a title here? So Penelope's our administrator. Uh, Rachel's been helping us with financial operations. Um, Jake is our worship arts intern. This is his official title. Caleb is a ministry apprentice a ministry apprentice. John is title undisclosed. I wanted to call him a worship arts catalyst, but Ian thought that was cheesy. What's a catalyst? That's... Somebody who makes things happen. So um, John doesn't have a defined title. 
Artist in residence. I think we could have an artist in residence. Do you like that? Um, who else has, um, so we don't have formal job titles in working in the kids program, but Ewan and uh, Joe probably take the lion's share of that. Ewan organizes everything, and then Joe, you help us with child protection policies and things like that, and um, you're a PVG signatory. Uh, Rachel runs Crash. Do you have an official Crash Job title? No. Rachel runs Crash out of the goodness of her heart as a volunteer for us. Uh, Joe and Susan serve us in cleaning. Um, they clean the building for us on a regular basis, which is an incredible gift. And Sarah is our small groups coordinator, uh, a job which I have um, so far totally failed to define, and she's done amazingly more than I could ask or imagine in that role. Andrew heads up sound. Microphone. We called him. Ah, epic fail, that's why we don't pay him. Ah, yes. Yes, right. Done. And you know, people like Carolyn put a massive amount into getting us into the building. So, you know, it was also a one time project, but um, she's involved behind the scenes doing lots of things. So. We want to call Andrew the King of Sound. I think the King of Sound is clearly the right job title for that. And I'm sure there, there are people we've forgotten, you yeah, know. Sorry, sorry. You're right, for the rest it's developing of you. quickly. If, if we've forgotten you, and we love you. caused offence. We're very sorry. We didn't mean to. Um, sorry about that. That's, um, so that's your answer to that question. Uh, here we go. Here's a great question for you, Dave. I'm sure you want to answer this one. <laughs> Please, can we have modesty screens in the gents, Dave? I don't know why me. <laughs> As if I knew more about modesty screens. Can't even pronounce them. Um, uh, yeah. There we go. That's yeah. A good idea, yeah, that sounds like a fine plan. Thank you very much. That's a good plan. We'll try and do something about that. Um, Ian, our church family looks like a church for families to those who are unconnected. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And in fact, you could reword that in a number of different ways. So you could say our church family looks like a church for middle class people to people from Grace Mount. Our church family looks like a bunch of middle aged white guys running it type thing. You know, so it depends what group you're in. I'm not middle-aged. Okay, whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. So from whichever group you're in, if you're a minority in that group, when you look at the church, you feel marginalized and you feel less part of the church. And that is a problem. We want the church to be as diverse as the kingdom itself. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation. It's not bound by boundaries that we place in ourselves in society. So I guess we just have to say... Yeah, and help us do that better. Help us, help us see where the problems are. It's hard for us because we are all, as leaders, we are all in one cohort. So people not in that, come and, come and say, here's what you could do. When you say this, do you know what? That actually makes me feel excluded. When you, when you say things like that or when you organize it like this, that makes me feel not a part of the family. We want to do better. So, but you need to come and tell us. We don't know where our blind spots are. We need you to help us. And that goes for everything, for diversity, for gender, for um, familiness, non-familiness, singleness, married, teenagers, retired people, all these things. We want to hear from you and we want to do better. Uh, is there any other... We've got to answer more questions. Yeah, so, yeah come and um, speak to us. Tell, us. tell us what we can do better. We don't the, know. Does the pods idea sound like it would help? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Come and tell us about that. That's what it's intended to help with. Um, here's a great question. The church seems to have a big emphasis on musicians, music, and worship. We, I guess, yeah, we'd like to call that kind of arts would be our big banner for that. Um, and um, yeah, we, what we do emphasize that, we, we don't want you to think that we don't emphasize other things. 
Like, can I tell you that we still put an awful lot of time and energy into teaching? Um, hours and hours, over 20 hours in typical week um, sewn into teaching, and then more hours on top sewn into the preparatory content and the reflective content and the group's content. So, like, don't think of us one size fits all. What we want to do is we want to try and cover everything. But can we do better at making it accessible to all ages? including engaging children. Is this somebody asking for kids' songs? If you're asking for kids' songs, give me oil in my lamp, put your hand up, because that's an okay thing to ask for, and um, there really might be a a way to do that. John, I know, has spoken about music um, specifically in our kids' program, and uh, we initially decided against that from a resource and a time point of view, but it's definitely something we could talk about. Jake? Oh, it just so happens that you hired a guy who was a primary school music teacher before he came here. So, can we do better? Yes, give me time. <laughs> um, we love to engage kids. Yeah, we, we love to see kids on the drums. We love to see... Well, yeah, we like to see other children on the drums, too. Just, like, not while we're trying to chat. It's really hard while you're trying to chat. So, we, we love to engage children. Um, and in terms of our song set being accessible to children... Um, we deliberately make a point of answering questions week by week that are raised about the words we're singing when they're unclear, um, which often our children will ask those sorts of questions. And um, we think that actually um, children can engage from a relatively young age with adult um, worship music. But we love songs too. Sorry, I am oh, speaking all the time. But if there are specific things you want us to consider, um, come and tell us. We try not to be scary, or you can send an anonymous email, and uh, we'll read that too. Um, yep. Yeah, so, so I'll take that. In, in that we were, before we had guys like Jake and John, it was guys like me and Matt. We are not pro-musicians or even great amateurs. I mean, we are highly amateur musicians. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking for compliments. I'm good at certain small, certain things. There's a lot of things I can't do. Like, I can't, I can't do the kind of playing Jake was doing there. I can't do the kind of arranging that John was doing. I can't do, I can't do kids' stuff well. I can't really do hymns very well. So there was a certain set of things we can do, and now we've got guys who can really expand the horizons, and we want to release them into doing that, but we've been limited by our abilities, inabilities. One of the specific things raised last Church Hub was, can we sing some more of the great hymns of the faith? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been working specifically on that issue, and we will introduce um, some more great hymns of the faith uh, imminently, uh, we have "How Great Thou Art." Jake is pro- uh, John's proposing, and Jake is proposing "Praise the Lord, Praise the, Lord the Almighty." And um, what was the other one? This is my Father's world. So we're going to add some, and uh, we'll aim to add some more, and uh, set ourselves a target for a, a non-trivial portion of our songs being great hymns of the faith. Sorry, that's, I know, we've got to go faster on the, we're not going to answer all these questions because the day will be over. Um, here's a good one. Dave, is Luke an elder yet? No. Will he be? Um, so Luke's, <laughs> so yeah, Luke's been um, sitting in on our, and joining our elders meetings for a few months now, 
And as I mentioned, the next church hub, we would like to formally vote him. This today was just proposing him as a, an elder. We have really benefited from his wisdom, from his compassionate nature, from uh, all of all his gifts. So we will be delighted um, to welcome onto the elders. Um, yeah, but next church hub. Yes. Using some mysterious system, as yet undisclosed, we'll give you kind of core group tokens, and you can vote with your core group tokens. It'll be something like that. It probably won't need to be that formal unless you think he's a dicey character. We think it'll probably be all right. Um, we're going to jump around a little bit on these questions just now. You say we're growing 15% every year, but is that just more Christians? Um, the role of the church is to reach non-believers. How do you gauge new converts versus Christians already? We ask, uh, on the way in through new here, some questions designed to help us understand who is coming to us week by week. And um, we have seen some people who've been away from church for a while come back to church through that. Um, and we've seen a very small number of people um, without a kind of faith background become Christians. And we're thrilled about that. Uh, I guess it's worth knowing that in the UK, um, par performance uh, is... Uh, 1.78% growth by conversion year over year. So if you're a church of 100, you might see one or two people um, become a Christian each year. So it, it is a slow process of seeing people actually become Christians. We would love it to be faster. Um, but we are seeing people come back to church. We're seeing people who are new to church. And we're seeing some Christians decide they want to throw their lot in with us. And that's glorious too. We're glad to have you all. Um, anything else to say about that? There's, there's, uh, for, all, for that final stage to occur, there's a lot of other stages that need to occur first for people to come to faith, often. Sometimes it can be quick, but otherwise we need a fringe of people who are just coming now and again who are not Christians. We need people who are coming regularly who are not Christians. We need, you know, so we need all the stages in between, uh, and, and it takes time to, to build all them into the church and then see them come to fruition. So the end point of conversion is, is a big long ramp, and we, we're seeing growth in lots of other parts of that, I would suggest. Well, let's take one on the nose. Would it be possible to diversify music at some point? Aside from John's evenings, so John's had a kind of a chambery orchestra style evening a few times. We have generic acoustic guitar led churchy music. That's oh, a, it's a dagger to my heart. That is the kind of generic acoustic guitar led churchy ah, music that we can lead. I'm such a stereotype. Um, <laughs> Isn't that disappointing? Yeah. I would, say that, I would say that Jake and John's heart is to help us be yeah. more diverse in our music and um, that you should uh, encourage them to uh, go with that and to bulldoze over the rest of us and help us deliver that. Yeah. And you should volunteer to play an instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't volunteer to play guitar. Volunteer to play something else apart from volunteer guitar. Volunteer your guitar, too. The, the, key, <laughs> the key thing, the key constraint here is doing things well or, or, or excellently. If you do things badly, it is cringy and it is awful, okay? So when I, if I'm like, oh, I'll arrange a wee chamber. I'd love a wee chamber music. I can't lead a chamber group, so I don't even try because it will be terrible if I do it. But now, again, that same conversation, now that we have people who are able to do more than we are able to do, we can start diversifying. But yeah, we have a massive heart for that. When done well, anything can be glorifying to God and can build each other up. Hope um, you got a wee follow-up on that? Just based on what you talked about, like doing things well, how do we approach things where someone wants to come, but they're actually not into it? So say, I guess you could say singing. Someone's like, oh, I would love to sing this, and then they sing, and they hate it. 
We, we asked Jake a, to deal with that. Yeah, that's right. We have, a, we have a question on that. There's a question on that, actually, Matt, down the bottom. You know, can I get lessons? Well, we're already seeing some of that happening. John's teaching some folk guitar. We, 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 yeah, we'd love to help you get better and give you resources and train you as to how to, how to be involved in that. And we try and have times where we um, lower the level of excellence in order to increase the width of participation so you'll see in the evenings we often not have like Aaron's been playing drums and things like that he's getting better and better and better uh, and and that sort of thing so uh, yeah we love to do that absolutely love it I love playing with folk like that and I love helping them get better but it's not really again my great skill Leona you got for them a lot of people work hard on that it's we, yeah it's great great Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I would love to stay here all afternoon and take all these questions, um, but I don't think that would be gracious or kind to anyone. What we'll try and do is we'll try and pick up some more of, yeah, particularly to those looking after our children. What we'll do is we'll try and pick up some more of these in a kind of elders chit chat, which we'll post um, onto uh, the Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook and Camp Facebook, we'll try and get it linked out into the email as well. Um, but thank you so much for your questions. Hope you don't feel like we're trying to dodge even the ones we don't want to answer. And I hope you do feel like you can talk to us about stuff. We'd like to talk to you about it. Thanks very much. We're going to do one last thing together.